Amino Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Plenty. Today, we're going to talk about preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is a disease that occurs only surrounding pregnancy, usually after the 20th week that causes high blood pressure and protein in your urine. And it's due from hormones that are released from the afterbirth, which we call um, the placenta. Without treatment, it can be pretty devastating and can lead to some serious complications and can even be fatal. So when famous people talk about almost dying in pregnancy, which I know a lot of people have heard in the media, it was usually due to something surrounding preeclampsia. So Beyonce had preeclampsia, Kim Kardashian, Trista Sutter, Mariah Carey, and Michelle Duggar had preeclampsia a couple of times. And you know her from the Duggars and she had what, 19 or 20 kids, I believe. They all had preeclampsia and complications from it. Also very personal to me because I had a cousin who passed away at age 23 from complications of preeclampsia. This was one of the reasons I decided to do pre-medicine instead of pre-law. So let's dive into some cases to see what preeclampsia looks like and how it's treated. Intern? Our first case of the day is a 38-year-old woman who is 33 weeks pregnant. She came to the hospital complaining of swelling in her hands and feet and a headache and blurry vision. She feels her baby is moving actively and otherwise has no complaints. Her blood pressure is 172 over 101, and she has three-plus protein in her urine. This is a classic case of preeclampsia. So this patient has a couple of risk factors. So she's 38. So anyone over age 35 has an increased risk of preeclampsia, or if you are under age 18, you also have a risk. So the risk factor is is, uh, extremes of age. Um, She has symptoms, obviously, of preeclampsia. She has a headache. uh, She has blurry vision. She has swelling in her hands and feet. Those are classic signs of preeclampsia. And then she has high blood pressure, meaning her systolic or the top number is over 160. That will be a severe range blood pressure and the bottom number is over 90. So her bottom number, her diastolic number, is a mild range blood pressure. But you only have to have either the top or the bottom be in the severe range to be considered severe. And she has three-plus protein in her urine. So when we talk about urine dipsticks, um, usually you should have no protein in your urine or trace protein in your urine. In pregnancy, you can have a little bit of protein, which is either trace or one-plus Um, But once you get above that, that would be significant um, protein in your urine. Three plus is equivalent to 300 milligrams of protein in your urine. So high blood pressure plus 300 milligrams of protein in your urine is diagnostic of preeclampsia. So let's go over the risk factors in general of preeclampsia. So we've already named the age. So age being younger than age 18 or over age 35, that's a, a risk factor. If you had preeclampsia before in another pregnancy, you have a much higher likelihood of having preeclampsia in your current and in subsequent pregnancies. Being African-American by itself or of Hispanic origin 
also increases your risk factor for preeclampsia. People that have IVF pregnancies or uh, in vitro fertilization have an increased risk of preeclampsia. And honestly, the risk is about 1% um, of those pregnancies as opposed to other pregnancies that are not IVF pregnancies that have a much lower risk of preeclampsia. And obesity um, is a huge risk factor for a lot of things in pregnancy, particularly preeclampsia in itself. So for this patient um, who's 33 weeks pregnant with a diagnosis of preeclampsia, um, usually what we would do is admit her to the hospital, give her medicines to decrease her blood pressure. And if she could be managed with her blood pressure down and the rest of her labs, which we look at your liver enzymes, we'll look at your kidney function, um, and then we'll also look at your platelets to make sure all of those are completely normal because preeclampsia can cause quite a few complications with those organ systems. If all of those are normal, then she would get admitted to the hospital and could be monitored in the hospital to help push her pregnancy further out. And with somebody with severe blood pressures like she has, she would need to be delivered somewhere around the 34th week. So even if you are stone cold stable, once you get a diagnosis of severe preeclampsia, if it's before 34 weeks, you're managed until 34 weeks. If it's after 34 weeks, then the patient will be delivered at that time. She would also get steroids to help um, accelerate the lung maturity of the baby to decrease the complications in the NICU and would also get magnesium, um, which makes people feel sort of hot and sluggish, but it also decreases the threshold for seizures or increases the threshold for seizures. So it's used as a prophylactic uh, medicine for seizures. So she would get that to make sure that she did not develop eclampsia, which is just a seizure in pregnancy because of these hormones, the pre meaning before, and then eclampsia is before the seizure. So the take home from this case is that Anytime you have a headache and elevated blood pressure, it is preeclampsia until proven otherwise. Into our next case. Our second case is a 21-year-old woman who presented via ambulance after having a seizure at home. On ultrasound, she appears to be about 26 weeks pregnant. She was given medicine for her blood pressure en route to the hospital, and her blood pressure is now 145 over 90. Her labs returned with elevated liver enzymes and elevated protein in her urine. How should this patient be treated? I know some listeners may think, oh, she's only 26 weeks pregnant. Surely you're going to admit her and not deliver her because there's a lot of complications that can happen this early in pregnancy. So 26-week baby is somewhere around a pound and a half, two pounds. So this is a really small baby and we don't take lightly management in this situation. But in this situation, she has elevated blood pressure. She's had a seizure at home. And so the first thing I want to know is if she has a seizure disorder and if she already has high blood pressure. If she has a seizure disorder, we will be treating her seizures. We would not be talking about delivering her and she wouldn't have to stay in the hospital for a prolonged period of time. But if she doesn't have a history of seizures, then we're going to consult our neurologist and make sure that we're looking for other causes other than eclampsia, which is a seizure because of high blood pressure, that could potentially allow us to prolong the pregnancy. She has high blood pressure of 145 over 90. 
So she's 21 years old. Uh, most 21 year olds don't have high blood pressure, underlying high blood pressure, but rarely if she happens to be obese, which I don't know is the case in this situation, she may have underlying high blood pressure. So I would ask her family if she has underlying high blood pressure. Um, it seems like she's been treated and she still has high blood pressure. So her blood pressure must have been pretty high on the field. So this seems like classic eclampsia, which needs to be delivered pretty urgently. The issue with the eclampsia is that if you don't get delivered, um, you could just keep on seizing. So eventually, um, if she keeps seizing and loses consciousness, you're not breathing when you're seizing and you're at high risk of bumping your belly, which can cause uh, uh, harm to the baby. Um, it can cause bleeding because you have trauma to your belly. Um, it could cause the mom to have trauma and injury there. Um, and it could cause a, a aspiration. So the mom can get pneumonia. And if you continuously seize um, with eclampsia and your blood pressure is high, then it can, it can lead to a stroke. So with eclampsia, we have no choice but to try to deliver this patient. Um, most of the time I put people on magnesium. So like I say, magnesium helps prevent seizures, it treats seizures, but it's not something that we can continue for more than 48 hours because it can lead to toxicity and problems with magnesium in general. So for this patient, I would put her on magnesium. I would do a workup while, I'm, while I have her on magnesium to make sure there's not anything else that could have caused her to have a seizure. So other things that cause the seizure, seizure disorder itself, um, drug use. Um, a, a lot of people come in with cocaine abuse or overdose and they could seize and that can also um, cause somebody to be hypertensive. So I would make sure we're doing um, a drug screen. But once those things come back negative, then I'm putting her on magnesium to prevent a seizure and I'm giving her steroids to help try to accelerate the lung maturity of the baby. And then after that, she needs to be delivered. So then people will be like, well, how are you delivering her, Dr. Plenty? Can you induce her? No, she needs a C-section. She is remote from delivery, meaning she's not in labor at 26 weeks the signal from your brain to your uterus is just not there. It's hard to induce somebody at 26 weeks. And also she's having a seat. She's had seizures. So we don't want to stop the magnesium, which decrease your risk of having a seizure, but also can decrease contraction. So it's working against us to put her in labor and 26 week babies don't tolerate labor very well. So she would need to be delivered via C-section and we would try to get her through the 48 hour window for the benefit of the baby getting steroids. But sometimes we can't do that. So if she seizes again, she would need to have um, an emergency C-section. And so I know that's not really what people want to think about. And I know that this patient may not have thought she would have, she would wake up to be delivered, but this is the situation I deal with almost weekly where I'm having to deliver somebody preterm and it's not because we take it lightly, but the mom could get into a lot of danger and could stroke or have a heart attack if she is not delivered pre uh, promptly. Plus it can also lead to a stillbirth in the baby if she constantly seizes. So in this case, we have no choice but to stabilize her, give her steroids for her baby and then deliver her within the 48 hour time period. So the case pearl from this is Eclampsia can result in devastating complications and always requires delivery. So if you've had an eclamptic seizure before, that is why you were delivered. Dunning? I actually have a question. 
So what if she had, what if she had seizures prior to becoming pregnant? She has a seizure disorder prior to becoming pregnant and we attribute it to that. Then what we'd be doing is a lab workup to see, is this a seizure disorder? Is it preeclampsia? So we know that a seizure disorder is not going to cause elevated liver enzymes. It's not going to cause you to have any kidney damage. It's not going to cause any protein in your urine. It's not going to cause your platelets to be low. So if you have any of those things, then it's not the seizure disorder. But if it is a seizure disorder, we already have a neurologist that we've consulted and the neurologist would give that patient some medications for the seizure. So magnesium does treat seizures, but it's not something you can go home with. So this patient, if they kept having seizures, would probably be given a dose of Ativan, which is a medicine that sometimes is used for anxiety, but it also is used for seizures um, to stop seizures. And then they would be put on something specifically uh, for seizures. There's a lot of things in pregnancy you can't take in terms of seizure medicines. But again, we would have to explain why is her blood pressure high? Seizures don't cause high blood pressure. So then it's, if you have a seizure disorder, do you also have high blood pressure? And if you don't, then why do you have high blood pressure? Because on paper, this looks like eclampsia because of that high blood pressure. So intern, do we have any emailed cases that the listeners want us to discuss? We do. And we have one about this. So it says, hi, Dr. Plenty. I recently had a baby just a few weeks ago, and now my baby is in the NICU. I feel like I was not managed properly. I initially went to the hospital at 30 weeks with a headache. Initially, I was told that I would be in the hospital for about a month. After a few days, I decided to leave because I didn't have anyone at home to keep my other two children. I came back 10 days later because I just couldn't see and my head was pounding. I was told that my baby's heart rate was a little low and then a ton of people rushed into the room and I was taken to the operating room. I didn't have a chance to ask any questions or tell them that I didn't want to have a C-section. My boyfriend and I are thinking about suing the hospital because if we hadn't been delivered so early, our child would not now be in the NICU. Plus, I did not even consent to surgery. What should we do? There's a few things and we can take this case apart. First of all, it sounds as if she initially went to the hospital and she had a headache. And so for me, a symptom of preeclampsia is a headache. That's actually the number one symptom of preeclampsia. The other symptoms are blurry vision and then um, pain over your liver. So we call it right upper quadrant tenderness. And it used to be on the list um, of swelling and usually it's swelling in your upper extremities and face, but now that's been removed. Although some people still do have those symptoms. Swelling in general, you can have in pregnancy. And so that's why it was taken off that list of symptoms specifically for preeclampsia. But you get swelling with preeclampsia, it's usually in your face or your hand. So I'm not saying that she was, those were her symptoms, um, but she at least had a headache. She was 30 weeks at that time. She was told she would be in a hospital for a month, which makes sense. So she was 30 weeks. She was told she'd be in a hospital for a month, which to me means she might have had severe preeclampsia. Delivery is recommended at 34 weeks in anybody with severe preeclampsia, even if you're stone cold stable, even if you go in the hospital and your symptoms are treated and you feel fine. I hear that all the time. I feel fine, Dr. Plenty. I don't understand why I need to be delivered. You still have preeclampsia. You can still have some complications from that. And so it would still require delivery at 34 weeks. So what happened to this patient is unfortunate. And 
a lot of people do this, right? They leave the hospital. She was there. She was tired of being there. She left the hospital because either she was tired of being there or she didn't have any childcare um, at all. Now I would ask, where was the boyfriend and the family at this situ- at this time that could help take care of these children? I don't know, but some people think they personally have to be there and they don't understand the gravity of the decisions they're making. But um, she had to leave. If you get diagnosed with preeclampsia, please, please, please don't leave because that can be devastating later on because if you seize at home by yourself, there's nobody there to help you. If you seize at home and then call the paramedics when you wake up and there's no oxygen at home, there's no magnesium to help you help prevent another seizure at home and there's no delivery or operating room at home. So you cannot leave the hospital and go home. But unfortunately, I understand she has some social issues. She left the hospital and went home to take care of her other two children. Came back 10 days later because she had worsening symptoms, right? She had a pounding headache at this point and she had blurry vision. And so those are two symptoms of preeclampsia. So she was brought in. They did not have time to give steroids, which is what it sounds like because she was whisked off to the operating room. She didn't have a time to tell them that she didn't want a C-section. So what I have to say to this patient is, I'm sorry that your baby is in the NICU and I'm sorry that you did not get told why you need to be delivered. But in this situation, it was the right thing to do. You needed to be delivered. Um, if you would have stayed, it would have been good because we would, they would have known that you were becoming sicker and sicker and could have done things like treat your blood pressure or treat your symptoms to cause you to be pregnant for a longer period of time. But that was not the case. And sometimes if your baby's heart rate is down, some patients don't know what that means. Sometimes that could mean that they can't find the baby's heart tones. Sometimes it's hard for us to stop what we're doing and have a 20 minute conversation when we know that we only have two minutes to get the baby out. So I think that your situation is unfortunate that you were confused, but very fortunate that your life was spared and your baby's life was spared. So whenever we have a situation where the mom's blood pressure is sky high or the mom has persistent symptoms or the baby's heart rate is down, then we have to act quickly. And sometimes that may mean telling you the risk and the benefits of what you're getting very quickly and making assumptions. And that assumption is that you want us to save your life and you want us to save your baby's life. And with a high blood pressure and symptoms, you would not have been a candidate for a vaginal delivery. They would not have induced you. So I agree that a C-section is the, would have been the right thing to do. And unfortunately, for every week a baby is born early, that's a week in the NICU a baby could spend. So if you were your baby was born, it sounds like between 31 and 32 weeks, then you should anticipate about eight weeks of your baby being in the NICU. And that is standard. And that is if nothing else was going on with the baby. So if the baby heart rate was already down when you came in, or if the baby was small because you had long-standing preeclampsia, then that could increase the time of babies in the NICU because it increases the complication rate of a baby. So my thought is, I think it's always okay to have your case reviewed by a legal expert, but 
I think that in this case, the clinicians acted in your favor. So let's go over some of the complications that could have happened with preeclampsia, because I don't think that a lot of people understand this. They think we hear celebrities talk about how awful our pregnancies were, and we hear people talk about black women dying, but we have to take some ownership for this. So leaving should never happen. We should always want to stay to make sure that we're getting the care we need and people are monitoring us to prevent us from having complication. So those complications could be eclampsia, which I'm surprised with people leaving the hospital with preeclampsia. If you already have severe symptoms, you can very well get eclampsia, which is a seizure in pregnancy. And that's caused by hormones that are released from the placenta, as I said previously. And that is the most common thing to happen with preeclampsia. And that's why it's called preeclampsia. Pre means before and then eclampsia. And so that seizure is what you're trying to prevent. Only about 20% of people with preeclampsia actually develop eclampsia, but 20% is pretty high. And then some people just develop eclampsia. They never got preeclampsia, so they never had the protein in their urine. But you have to have high blood pressure to have preeclampsia or eclampsia. But you can develop um, either or without the protein. So protein is no longer considered a strict criteria, although it is diagnostic. HELP syndrome, which is hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelet syndrome. That happens about 10% of the time, and that is just what it is. You All of a sudden, you have preeclampsia, and you can have elevated liver enzymes. Um, some people may call their AST and ALT enzymes are elevated, and all of a sudden, their platelets become low, and that's because your red blood cells are popping. They're lysing and causing release of more hormones. And if that happens, you can have a really high chance of bleeding. And if you bleed because you have low platelets, it's very hard to control the bleeding that you have. And if you bleed too much, then you can get DIC, which is disseminated intravascular coagulopathy. And DIC is life-threatening. It has a very, very high maternal mortality rate, meaning 30% of people that go into DIC don't survive DIC. And so you deliver people with preeclampsia to prevent eclampsia and all of the other complications that come with it to prevent DIC and death. So this is a real, it's a real thing and it can happen. And then you can also have complications just from high blood pressure in general. And so you can have a, an MI or what's called a myocardial infarction, um, also called a heart attack um, because your blood, blood pressure is extremely high. And then you can also have a stroke. Um, because your blood pressure is high and preeclampsia causes damage in your blood vessels. So you're more likely to have a stroke because those vessels in your brain are leaky. So this is not to be taken lightly. It is one of the number one causes of maternal mortality, more so in African-American women. And that's because a lot of the times after you get rid of those symptoms, people say, I feel fine. I don't want to be delivered. I refuse to be delivered. And if you refuse to be delivered, then you'll sign paperwork that says you refuse to be delivered, but you're almost at your own risk. And so I've been, most of the time when I get consulted because of preeclampsia, it's not because the OB doesn't know what to do. It's usually because this patient doesn't understand the risk. And so it's my job to counsel that person and make sure they understand the risk and what happens. 
And usually, well, once it's broken down, they understand this can be pretty serious and they are willing to at least stay in the hospital and be monitored. If you refuse to be delivered, at least stay in the hospital and be monitored. And most of the time, no one is going to want to deliver you unless it's extremely necessary. Let me repeat. If somebody says you have preeclampsia and they want to deliver you, it's because it is extremely necessary. And people think they want to stay pregnant for the benefit of their baby, but babies that are born to preeclamptic moms have a high likelihood of being a stillbirth. So that's why you need constant monitoring in the hospital because you want to prevent that from happening. And like I said in the beginning, um, I had a cousin that passed away from complications of preeclampsia. She was 23 and she was young. She was thin. Her risk factor, she was African-American and she was young, not younger than age 18, but she was young. And she went in and she had high blood pressure and she left. She didn't want to stay there. And she came back and she was seizing two weeks later. She seized and she got helicoptered to Baton Rouge, to a hospital there. And then from there, she got transferred to a hospital in New Orleans and then back to a hospital in Baton Rouge um, where she was diagnosed with pneumonia because she aspirated, meaning her saliva went down the wrong pipe. And she was put on a respirator and she eventually developed DIC and she had to have an emergency C-section and she died and she left two small kids at home. And one of those children is my godchild. And it's something that I didn't find out about until I was actually a doctor and I was actually interviewing for residency as an OBGYN and I met the doctors that were taking care of her. And I thought, wow, now I know what really happened. And now that I am a high-risk OBGYN, I know that perhaps some of that could have been prevented. Just like this case that, fortunately, she went back and she wasn't seizing. My cousin was already seizing. And so, you know, had she not left, had somebody maybe discussed the importance of her staying in the hospital, maybe she would not have seized or gotten to the point where she seized. Maybe she wouldn't have had a delay in delivery. Maybe there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas there. And so if I can help educate people and prevent that kind of thing from happening again, I will. And so I preach until I'm blue in the face with patients that want to leave because you may not come back alive. And this is a real thing to leave your family and her kids are dealing with not having a mother right now. Think before you leave, always ask plenty of questions. If you don't understand, but don't leave and know that if somebody's told you the words preeclampsia, that it's serious. So if you are someone, you know, has had preeclampsia and you want to talk through this, if you have questions about preeclampsia, let me know and I will talk you through whatever information you need to go over. If you've had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about that too. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com. 
to hear your topic or your case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.